0: day happy friday welcome in it is the bill michaels show i am ben Kenny, sitting across from me zach Heilprin. bill off today i'll be back four to six as well uh zach i've probably seen too much of you uh for your liking
1: no doubt i was gonna say you don't wanna i've got to hurt kind of you don't you don't you don't want me here Uh, Well, no, you were, you were go handling your stuff.
0: I no, I think from your perspective, I can, I can definitely see hanging out with me for too long. We did four hours yesterday. We're back today. Uh, No games to directly talk about in the last 24 hours though. Tonight, like the, the sports cornucopia is beginning. We're starting to get the, what do you watch on television? Do you watch the Packers third stringers or do you watch the Brewers in the late innings? Why not I, both? I or both or both. It's one of those. I uh, which do you have more faith in? Actually bringing you genuine entertainment and happiness. Uh, that on. could be another conversation for after we see what happens tonight. But it is game day. I guess. Yes, it is game day. First time since January. I didn't really prepare anything specific to get people pumped up for game day. Given it's a it's a pre game day. Why are you betting on it? Uh, I do have a best bet for the game. The Packers 49ers tonight Packers plus two and a half. The over under is set at 33 and a half. Jordan love versus Trey Lance. There's some funny memes going around. Jordan love is trending. There's some funny memes of uh, two uh, average looking people and saying, oh, this is Jordan love versus Trey Lance tonight. (laughs)
1: Uh, Yes, we talk about bets. The Baltimore Ravens, right? Immortal. Immortal, like that's a guaranteed lock. They were what two and a half or three and a half. I don't know. Whatever it was. Three I said, take it. That's the only game. That's the only preseason game I would bet on because they were a guaranteed win in the preseason. They have not lost in like five years in the preseason, six years in the preseason, Absolute money.
0: I did not take it. They did win. I saw some comments afterwards from players, uh, mostly younger ones, that said, this is why we have a winning culture, because (laughs) we have not lost a preseason game in six years. So that happens. The Ravens beat the Titans last night. The Giants beat the Patriots. We'll do the whole preseason overreaction thing coming up in a bit. Uh, There's some storylines to come out. Young quarterbacks at play. Maybe a preview of what we see tonight tonight. With Jordan Love. In terms of my best bet for tonight, I'll just give it to you off the top. I think I love the under. 33 and a half.
1: God, these unders are so, like, just absolutely depressing. Absolutely depressing with some of this stuff.
0: They're very low. uh, From where I stand, it's one of those with Lance and Love in the game, they might score, but then afterwards in the second half, I just don't see how the team score points. With Danny Etling and, and company. I don't oh Nate Sudfeld for oh, the yeah. Niners at quarterback
1: or former former
0: former Philadelphia Eagle. And Indiana Hoosier. Uh and they have Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant, the final pick of the NFL draft, which should have gone to another quarterback. Instead, they chose Brock <laughs> Purdy. So we'll see Lance, we'll see Sudfeld, who's we'll that, see Purdy.
1: Who's the quarterback it should have gone to?
0: Uh Jack Cohn. He is also playing uh tomorrow for the Indianapolis Colts or it, li- likely will play.
1: Can you please use his name properly? It's undrafted quarterback Jack Cohn.
0: Yeah, uh, he's on the Colts. He, <laughs> he'll play tomorrow. So I I think I like the under in this game in terms of excitement. We've talked a lot about which players were most excited to see and the conversation starts and stops with Jordan Love, obviously, and then there's the Romeo Dobbs in the mix uh, there's the running back room. There's the offensive line. I wanted to start today with, I, we'll talk a lot about love today and rightfully so, but which new Packer, which new addition to this team, whether it's a rookie or a signing or whatever, are we most excited to watch tonight?
1: I mean, it's got to be Romeo Dobbs, doesn't it? That's the only, isn't that the only guy that, uh, that, that stands out? I shouldn't say that. Obviously, Quay Walker, Devontae Wyatt, assuming they are going to play, which I believe they are, they're both, intriguing to, to watch but Romeo Dobbs is the one that's been generating all the buzz the loan or the, I think the two practices I went up there he stood out stood out throughout the offseason uh, the OTAs and that type of thing let's see what it looks like in a game because that's all that matters it doesn't really matter what you look like in practice you got to do it in a game and Romeo Dobbs what he's done in practice has been awesome let's see it carry over the game even if it is Jordan Love right
0: well I would even say it's a game with love where we don't know what Rodgers will do. He like, I could see a scenario where after this season, he says, you know, I'll retire. And then you have to move forward with either love or another quarterback, but it could be the love Dobbs duo. That could be the face of this Packers offense. Plus the running game going forward. I could also see a scenario where Rodgers sticks around for two to three more years, and then you don't see that come to fruition. But sitting here today with what to watch, the fact that it's love and Dobbs, I think makes me more interested in it. Because if it looks great, then you kind of get a glimpse at the future and you feel better.
1: Aaron Rodgers for another three or four years. Uh, what kind of girlfriend is he dating oh, God. in 2027? That's that's a terrific question. 2020, uh, 2026. 20, I mean, how crazy is she? I, like As we talked about yesterday, he's kind of... When he's ticked down the list here, it's uh, it's the woman that the women that he's dated have gotten crazier as he's gone along here. As he's gotten older, they've gotten crazier.
0: I don't know. I I feel like that's dangerous speculation. I'm also not as well <laughs> versed in pop culture, so I can't go find.
1: But like blue, I, I had never heard of her before he started dating her. So.
0: No, but I don't have any. I don't have examples off the top of my head of, uh, of- ones that would surpass her on the uh, batting the eye scale. I mean, it, it would take. I think it's significant. It would be significant. It would. Uh, It would. So, yeah, that could happen. But, yeah, Romeo Dobbs is my number one. I think the conversation could start there. We've talked a lot about the offensive line. The one to me in terms of new additions is Zach Tom. And he likely won't start, right, with Jake Hansen and Royce Newman forming the right side of the line uh, in light of the two tackles. uh, Jenkins, Bakhtiari not obviously playing. So, Tom is the uh, taking aside the hype around Dobbs in terms of pure, like, What is going to affect this team's performance this year more than anything? I think Zach Tom's my guy. And how much will I see? I I have no idea. It's the offensive line. But I I test wise, I just want to see what he looks like out there. Because if he looks great, then you could feel better about, one, the depth. But two, if the tackles move along slower than expected, that could end up, you know, boding well.
1: I just don't think Royce Newman's a tackle. I don't think he's a tackle. I know he's got, obviously he's worked there in, in training camp. He's also worked at right guard where he, a ton played a ton last year I don't think he's a tackle Uh, I think he's gonna end up just being a guard and so Zach Tom come opening day potentially could be that guy at right tackle
0: yeah there are two avenues to go down and I was talking about this earlier this week there's either Royce Newman at right guard and Tom at right tackle this is if Yash Nyman goes into left with Bakhtiari and Jenkins not playing yet In terms of week one, if both of those guys are out, there is the Newman at right guard, Tom at right tackle, or Jake Hansen, who is the backup center as well, at right guard, and Newman at right tackle. You like the Tom at right tackle more?
1: I do. I do. I I, I think Royce Newman's a right guard, or a guard, I should say, and I think Jake Hansen's a center. I don't know Jake Hansen. I don't think he can. I'm surprised he's still on the roster at this point. Uh, I know he was a draft pick. He has not played uh, at all but the the returns aren't early returns, not even early returns, just the returns on him uh, haven't been ideal. So I think you go right Royce Newman at right guard and and Zach Tom, at right tackle, assuming he's ready. If he's not ready, he's not ready, but we've seen other guys step in, whether it's Elton Jenkins or David Bakhtiari, Josh Myers playing. They don't have a problem playing rookies. If they're ready, they've shown that uh, along the offensive line and Zach Tom appeared uh, to this point to be a little bit uh, ready again no one on the offensive line has, has been great in training camp they've gotten abused by the Packers defense front seven I certainly don't think they're gonna be the only offensive line to get abused by the Packers front seven this year but um, it's tonight will be a big will be an interesting one for sure a uh, few other guys that I'm interested in watching Samari Toure. yeah another guy who, who I love yeah I know you do and you can guess why because he went to Nebraska yep So you have Samari Ray, Danny Davis, who has turned some heads of late the former Wisconsin wide receiver.
0: How awesome of a story would that be if he makes the roster? And for those guys, a lot of it will be based on special teams. If they're not going to compete for snaps, it's what can you bring on the special team side of the ball? But how great of a story would it be? Especially for those of us who cover the Wisconsin program closely, where we saw flashes like he had a good career, but there were probably moments where you wanted a little bit more. And then the health was also an issue. If he just bursts onto the scene and makes an nfl roster
1: yeah i think it's still he's still a long shot at this point but it would be great it would be an amazing story i think he's still a little bit of a long shot uh i feel like most of the guys i'm interested to see is are the wide receivers that are actually going to play tonight uh you could throw amari rogers in there as well because uh, he's had a nice camp but it's one of those things where can you see it on the field because people i think a lot of people think he's already a bust which i completely disagree with he was yeah he, he is he being was being slept on yeah he was he was kind of buried last year I don't know exactly where the people thought he was going to jump who he was going to jump at that point when he brought Randall Cobb in to go along with Lazard uh, MVS and, and Devonte Adams I don't know where those opportunities were going to come and his the few opportunities he did get were not ideal
0: well they thought as a rookie that he would come in and be Randall Cobb already
1: well they didn't I think the people outside right. did the other thing was you were hoping he was going to be able to step in and be the punt returner and he was just not um, you couldn't trust him back there to catch yeah. the ball. So the, the, he's another one of those guys. And then, yeah, you mentioned the running back room. No A.J. Dillon. No uh, Aaron Jones tonight. Tyler Goodson.
0: Yes, Come 100%. I want to start the Tyler Goodson hype machine before he plays tonight because there are a bunch of guys battling for that spot, and we'll talk specifically about the all the position battles and who we'll see specifically in the game tonight uh, coming up in a little bit. But when you look at running back, you have Patrick Taylor, you have Dexter Williams. They'll play tonight, likely. And then you have Goodson. And I am, I'm fine going out on the limb. He is a guy that can fill in as a, a scat. He, he's a good receiving back. I don't think he got a real shot at Iowa to really go off. Like last year, his stats look good. But as I've said, Iowa was so predictable in everything they did that when they ran him up the middle on first and 10, he, he was just faced with 15 defenders and never really stood a chance to do much. So I, I like him a lot as a player. I'm saying all that to, to conclude. Uh, so I'm down to start the, the Tyler Goodson hype machine if he comes out and, and shows out with love there.
1: Well he's also a guy that can catch the ball out of the backfield. I mean, yeah. He had thirty one catches last year. He had over close to fourteen hundred yards from scrimmage for an Iowa offense that was I, I think it's being fair to say not great.
0: Atrocious. Okay. okay.
1: All right, cool. All right. Painful uh, to watch. Yeah. So he was really good. And in eight games, you know, as a in twenty twenty really stood out too. He averaged over five yards a carry for uh an Iowa offense that was a little bit better in twenty twenty when, when the, they had the, Mark when they had uh, the guy that's uh with the Vikings now Uh,
0: The offensive line was a lot better than no doubt.
1: Yeah. So there there are a lot of interesting storylines and a lot of interesting guys that I think people should be excited to see tonight, even though you're not going to be seeing pretty much any of the the veteran starters.
0: Yeah. uh, Other guys, you kind of hinted at them, but I'm very excited to watch the rookies on defense. Like the Devante trade happened. It was the story of the offseason. And I was happy with how they attacked the draft and what they got out of it. So now we get to really see for the first time Quay Walker and Devontae Wyatt. Hopefully, he had missed practice with a concussion, so I don't know if he'll be available. I hope he is. But to watch those two first-round picks out there, because I maybe this is me as, as a jaded like growing up for a while back home, and they just would not draft the players from national champions and the winning teams. They'd go to like the Big Twelve and the Pac-12 to find guys. Some of them worked out, but. Recently, they've said, you know, let's actually start drafting the players from the great teams like Devontae Smith, and and now they got two guys from Georgia uh, on that defense as well. I love when you see a defense that's that next level all-time good that Georgia had getting two of its best players in the first round. It kind of gives you security that, okay, like they've done it at that level already. They're going to come in and be studs. So I'm really excited to watch them.
1: Well, I mean, Brian Kudekens has kind of gone that same path the last Two years, yeah. I mean, obviously getting Eric Stokes and then Quay Walker and um and Devontae Wyatt. Like, I mean, they're, yeah.
0: Yeah, Quay Walker, I'm more excited to watch than Wyatt first off because I love how he fits into that linebacking core potentially where instead of him coming in and having to do everything uh, and maybe be a quarterback, you have Devontae Campbell there. So to me, that just means all season Quay Walker is going to be free. He's going to be able to roam. uh, And that because of his speed and athleticism, that's just it screams playmaker.
1: And also, they have barely used any of their six defensive back package. They've been able to keep they keep him on the field. Him and Devondre Campbell, like that was never the case. They barely ever had two inside linebackers on the field when they went to their sub packages. They could do that extensively if he's if he's going to be ready. And we'll see if that's the case. Uh, what he looks like on the field. But if he's ready and you're able to keep him on the field, it it just makes you so much stronger in the run game uh, when teams try and get you into their sub-packages.
0: 877-867-1670. We are talking Packers preseason today. They are in action. Uh, The game is on local television. You could find it. It will also be on the NFL Network. And then Packers.com has it streaming tonight, I believe, as well. So many ways to watch the Packers play You can pull them up on the computer, have the Brewers up on the television. A massive, possibly season defining series coming up for the Milwaukee Brewers this weekend. We will talk a lot about that as well. It's Ben Kenny and Zach Heilprin in for Bill Michaels. More coming up next.
1: This is the Bill Michaels Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. (laughs)
0: Welcome back in. It is the Bill Michaels Show. I'm Ben Kenny. He is Zach Heilprin. We are in for Bill today. Bill will be back on Monday to react to everything that happens over the weekend Brewers, Cardinals, as well as the Packers game coming up tonight. A lot of stuff to watch. We are talking about it and will be throughout the show today. 877 867 1670 if you want to get a hold of the program. Shamarcus is on line one. What's going on, man?
2: Hey, man. Can you hear me?
0: Yeah, you're good. What's up?
2: Hey, man. I just got, like, a question. I try not to sound stupid like I normally do when I call it. <laughs> All good. But um, I, am, I kind of have a question for you, you know, because, like, and my question is, like, with this Packers uh, preseason game, because I'm, I'm excited. I'm a Packer fan. But I'm just a little confused and worried about our receivers because we have a few on the pup list, and then, like, are, are most of our receivers playing for a starter position? Because, I mean, other than Cobb and, what is it, Lazard, I don't think our receivers are really good enough to be going up against other CBs. So I was just wondering, like, are you a little worried about that? And, like, what's your kind of take on Jordan Love starting under center tonight? Because I'm excited about that. I hope he does really good as – everybody in camp is saying that he's improved really well over the other over the three years so just kind of wondering what your input is on it because i'm a little nervous i'm not gonna lie to you i don't even think we're gonna do good this year i don't i don't even think we're gonna get close to our the nfc division i'm making the nfc title the champs you know so it's like because of our receivers. My, uh, yeah, I got gotcha. you. I mean,
0: there's a lot there. First of all, definitely the excitement tonight is around Jordan Love uh, for the reasons you said. I can't wait to watch, see if the improvement is there. When it comes to the receivers, I'm not as down on them as I am where the line stands, especially health-wise. But in terms of what to watch tonight, I mean, Alan Lazard, Sammy Watkins, and Randall Cobb, and Christian Watson are all not playing. And for Sammy Watkins, that could mean he's already made the roster, which could be... Kind of good news, given that they signed him and they're already confident. But uh, yeah, you have Lazard, who's probably going to be the one. He's not playing. Watson, the second round pick, is on the pup list. And Cobb, given he's a veteran, won't be playing. So we're watching Romeo Dobbs. There's been a lot of flashes at camp. The writers are raving about him. If he becomes you know, the, the rookie to come in and make a big impact, that'll help. But in terms of tonight, I mean, it's not going to be the number one group. So whatever happens won't really make me uh, frightened or excited about where they stand. I just want to see what Dobbs does. And then aside from him, whether Amari Rogers looks better, whether any of the people battling for the last spot there at the position. Jawan Winfrey, Samori Torre, Malik Taylor, Danny Davis, whether they show anything, but my eyes will mostly be on Dobbs because he's the one that will be playing tonight that could end up being maybe the number two or the number three.
2: Do you, if I'm still here, do you think that our, like, Let's look. Let's look like to the season. Do you think our starting lineup, like if Lazard is number one? Because in my eyes, like I said, I'm a Packer fan, but I still know how to, you know, constructive criticism. I don't think if he's going to be our number one. You know, I don't think he's number one material to be going up against the number one CB on other teams. So like, that's one of my concern now is like our receivers. I don't think we have a good receiving core to even make it through the season. Do you agree? Disagree? Um, I, I mean, I'm not
0: high on them and I appreciate the phone call. It's, uh, do I think Lazard is a clear cut one? No. Do I still think the offense overall around him with Rogers, a great running back room. And if the line is healthy, I think it's an offense that can perform well. And then if anything, uh, while they don't have Devonte Adams, they don't have a clear number one caliber receiver. It could be a room that does enough. Like If Rodgers is out there balling, that makes the receivers better naturally. And then if Dobbs breaks out, if Watson becomes anything as the season goes along, I think the room could be good enough. Uh, When it comes to what they can achieve this season, I don't think it'll be the receiver room that holds them back. If anything, as I've said, I think it'll be the health of the offensive line. And that's really it.
1: I'm going to continue to say this until it's just proven false. That is Aaron Rodgers without a clear number one will be just fine. Yeah. He has shown he has shown an ability when Devontae Adams is not available and with some other other top wide receivers are not available, more willing to get the ball to different guys, more willing to play within uh the scheme of uh you know, not forcing the ball to a single guy, and it and it works. And I think if they had had that in the playoffs last year, maybe they win that game. Because instead of trying to force the ball into Devontae Adams, maybe he's seen Alan Lazard wide open over the middle. You know, those those type of things. And I think the inability for teams to focus on it, and Devontae beat teams anyways despite people being focused on him. They, they, he was fantastic. He's the best wide receiver in the NFL. They were able to beat those teams anyways, even with the focus on them. Without that focus, I think it kind of it does force defenses to to cover the entire field. I
0: think it bodes well. I mean, where you'll miss it in my eyes is let's say somehow the red zone offense running wise isn't able to be dominant. If they can run the ball in consistently with Dylan and Jones, then they'll be fine. I think where you'll miss it is when you get to the goal line and, you know, Devontae Adams can shake a guy in a second where there could be moments throughout the season and there'll be growing pains. It might not be something we see all year as, as you get deep in with November, December the playoffs, but it could be in those goal line sets or maybe like a third and four where you need someone to beat a DB that's where you're going to miss Devonte.
1: When I would agree with that, and yet they were a middle of the road team in the red zone last year. They were the bet. See, the biggest difference between last year and the year before, offensively, was their red zone. They were the number one scoring offense in the red zone, touchdown wise, uh, for anybody in 2020. In 2021, I believe they were 18th in in, uh, in in touchdown percentage. It was weird. It was that story that kept persisting.
0: Why can't you guys? finished drives they right. had yeah they were really bad I remember for the first however long of the year and then it got better as the season went on
1: it did but like Devontae Adams was almost unstoppable in the red zone in 2020 didn't have nearly as many uh touchdowns last year they just won a very good red zone offense last season and if they can figure that out great so like the idea that just gonna have Devontae Adams shake somebody it did, they had that available last year and it didn't work right Uh, Also,
0: when it comes to the offense, something without Devontae that will step back is the explosiveness in the passing game, no doubt, just given what Devontae could do. I think more so
1: MVS there, though. MVS is more the the explosive guy in the duo. Yes,
0: definitely. I think back to the Vikings game where they just went back and forth. Justin Jefferson, long touchdown. MVS comes back and gets one where I like what Lazard can bring but he doesn't really give me that boom when it comes to explosive plays. So where do they find them? I I don't know. Maybe Dobbs can bring it. Maybe Sammy Watkins is able to find some fountain of youth and bring it. And then maybe it also is seen in the running back passing game. They're going to have to find explosiveness somewhere. And maybe it's schemed. Maybe they run the ball so well that they can get the defense off guard. But yeah, you definitely missed that with the two guys departing. I still feel in general, though, that if it goes wrong this season, it won't be because of the wide receiver room. It will just be because the offensive line isn't healthy and struggles and they can't protect Rodgers.
1: Adams is a huge loss, but I think people are probably underestimating what MVS meant to that offense too. I mean, you look at the games that they scored more than 30 last year. He played in all of them and not, there was not a single game that they scored more than 30 that he missed.
0: Yeah, that that His, was a
1: weird stat because he did a lot for them. But it's, it's not even just the numbers though. It's like the the threat. Yeah, his presence. Yes, just the threat of taking a top off a defense. It makes it at least makes you account for that. And they don't at this point have that guy. Maybe Christian Watson down the road is that guy, speed wise. And maybe Sammy Watkins, as you said, finds you know uh, a little bit of uh, late career revival where he is can be a a deep threat. And and maybe even Raheem Dobbs, too. He's he's not Marquez Valdez scantling fast. He doesn't. He's not going to run a four three. But maybe he's got a the, the. the um, route running maybe that that could get him free down the field as well I just MVS is I think a significant loss just based on what he threat the threat he could bring to a defense
0: yeah and it's one of those deals where I love the future of Watson I love maybe what Dobbs could bring in the more immediate future given he's already doing it and Watson is hurt but it's still a situation where I don't expect either of those two rookies to have a big role and you know, make big-time catches until we get, I don't know, weeks into the season. It's still Aaron Rodgers. There still is the rookie receiver thing. So maybe for the first month, there's the ease-in period. I don't really expect to see Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs flash in the regular season until November.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to think the last time a a rookie wide receiver has made a significant impact. And we probably have to go back to Greg Jackson. Greg Jennings, which was all the way back, or even James Jones, like James Jones, Greg Jennings, Randall Cobb, obviously, but Randall Cobb in 2011 was still pretty far down the depth chart. He had two touchdowns in the opener against New Orleans, but it was he wasn't being counted on. There was still Greg Jennings and Donald Driver and Jordy Nelson and James Jones, like he was not the top guy there. And and Romeo Dobbs not going to be the top guy here either. But I, I really like really, I I'll be honest, I really do like Romeo. I think he's going to make an, an impact. Sooner than you think,
0: huh? Which I mean, that definitely be one of the more welcome additions. I thought when he was first drafted and it's, I know more about the big 10 players than I do. Uh, He went to Nevada. Then I I didn't watch Nevada play last year, but why not? I, because I've, I've other ways to spend my time, Zach, believe it or not. AKA all you do is talk about college football and you didn't watch any Nevada last year. I might've had him on for a second, but I didn't put them on to watch Romeo Dobbs. But I I thought coming in that even though Samori Torre was a seventh-round pick, just from what I knew about him, I thought maybe he could make an impact earlier and and come on and make the roster and somehow find a role in the passing game. Uh, But, I mean, that obviously looks wrong because Dobbs looks like a terrific pick there in the fourth round. That surprised me a little bit. That had to do with my preconceived notions of it's the old thing of when you watch a guy go and beat Wisconsin's defense, you have more respect for them. Sure. That's what Torrey did.
1: That's why I have very little respect for uh, Aiden O'Connell, because he looked like trash when Purdue faced Wisconsin, despite the fact that he tore everybody else up. But Jim Reynolds, excuse me, Jim Leonard will do that to you. Yeah. Uh, speaking
0: of Jim Leonard, I meant to talk about this. So ESPN put out an article. Pete Thamel. It's does it always come out at this day during the year or this time?
1: I'm sure it's probably about this time.
0: Yeah. So the college football coaching carousel names to know for the next wave of jobs, Uh, talking about group of five guys that are succeeding that could go in to the power five. We are talking about the power five assistants that could find their way into roles. Number one, I think would come from no surprise. It is Bill O'Brien, the Alabama offensive coordinator, What's crazy about Bama is, Zach, I think these last couple of years with Bill O'Brien staying there after his stint with the Texans, it's been the first time in a while that Saban has kept an offensive coordinator around because he did like Lane Kiffin was there.
1: Most of those guys get new jobs, though.
0: I know. That's what I'm saying It's it's mostly guys that maybe something didn't work out. They go to Bama and they're great coaches and they remake uh, their reputation and themselves. They go somewhere else. But Bill O'Brien stuck around for a couple years, which, I mean, is just dangerous when you think about what Bama can do. Number two, though, is Jim Leonard. And the blurb reads, it's interesting, it says the longtime Badgers defensive coordinator has held that job there since 2017 after joining the staff in 2016. He has annually put together some of the country's targets. Leonard, 39, has recently shown more interest in life outside Madison, as his biggest issue moving up has always been his willingness to move out. Number one, uh, I mean, the last part of it, the willingness to move out, undoubted. We saw it with the Packers situation in 2020, where he was rumored to be getting the job, was offered the job, I believe, and ended up turning it down. They go with Joe Barry instead. But has recently shown more interest? Zach, do you buy into that being Like very recent, like right now, or recently as in in 2020 when he looked at the Packers.
1: So what he's saying is that he was in the mix for jobs elsewhere this year and we just didn't hear about it. Or are we talking about Packers last year, Illinois last year? Yeah. Where he was he was talked about because I didn't hear his name at all this offseason. I didn't hear it at at all. at all. That makes me
0: think like there's always a little bit of smoke there before something happens.
1: And maybe there were no Big Ten jobs open this year. So and I don't and I think he probably gets mentions for those. Like he's not going to end up going to like Toledo or Akron. Like that's not going to be him. He's going to go to a Power Five school or the SEC. I feel like like it would be weird. I I don't know. I think I mean I could see him doing it.
0: What if like Tennessee, Tennessee. opened? Do you see Jim Leonard as head coach at Tennessee?
1: I, I don't. I I don't. But if they make a move for him, I could see him there. Yeah. Would that be? Would he be somebody that they would want down there? That's that's the difference. Would well, they want, finally play defense? They may, but. In the SEC, you got to play some offense.
0: That's true. Right? Yeah. Uh, you bring in smart people. I yeah. mean, it's a dumpster fire there.
1: But. Right. Yeah. So this feels like it just, uh, I don't, I think, I feel like we're reading a little bit too much into it. That's my thought as well. But that being said, again, if he wants to, a head coaching job before taking over at Wisconsin, I'm on record as saying he's going to be the next head coach at Wisconsin, whenever that may be. Paul Christ, uh, I don't think is going anywhere anytime soon. Uh, the only way he's going anywhere is if, he were to get fired, which isn't going to happen uh, unless he's got like multiple losing seasons in a row. Even like even a seven and six season, they're not going to fire him after that. No, like that's just. And I know he's not Chris McIntosh's guy, but Chris McIntosh is still a Wisconsin guy, and so to to, to th- toss another Wisconsin guy out, it's going to take a lot. So I, again, whenever Paul Chris steps aside, whether he wherever he retires, whatever happens, Jim Larratt, I think, is going to be the next head coach of Wisconsin whether that's him moving up from defensive coordinator or him coming from another program to take over the program like Paul Chris did, it's going to happen. So do you want to lose him as your defensive coordinator? No, but I also don't think like you're going to be, oh my gosh, can't lose Jim Leonard. He's never going to come back. No, he'll come back. It's and also this And this doesn't, what we see today does not, or what we saw from this article does not make me think that there's going to be some kind of uh, change. It's also one of the
0: deals where the defensive coordinators before him were also terrific. It's not like he is the first one to, you know, imagine a defense at Wisconsin. Like look at Dave Aranda right now. He was here.
1: Look at Wilcox.
0: Yeah. Justin Wilcox as well. So I I mean, it's the sky won't fall. If that does happen, it obviously will be a negative development for sure because he's the best coordinator in the country and a driving reason behind a lot of their success. But I do trust uh, the offensive stuff is weird with all these new hires. And I, I don't just trust blindly that they are all great hires. We have to see it happen. When it comes to the defense, though, I kind of do trust that if in the event he does go, I kind of do trust the program and Paul Chris to find another great guy to lead the defense.
1: Well, I'll be honest with it. Like, if he left after this year, Bobby April would be, I think, the next guy. I think uh, he
0: would move up. To promote from within?
1: Like, he that would doesn't be, make he sense. Would be the, he would be the best option. He was in the mix in Michigan for their, for their defense coordinator spot. He's got a bright future. I do think he like if if Jim Lerner were to leave tomorrow, I think Bobby April's your your defensive coordinator. Yeah, that is I was going to bring
0: that up cuz he seems like a guy that is a perfect candidate for a defensive coordinator job. He just hasn't left yet. Right. Where it's like he will be a defensive coordinator at some point. So Yeah, yeah you're in, you're in solid hands. I guess I I definitely felt my first reaction was reading a little bit too into that sentence of recently shown more interest. Maybe though there is something there, but even so, I I do agree with your general thought that he will be back when the opportunity comes.
1: I will say that it caught my attention. Like it, when I when I read that, I'm like, really?
0: Yeah, you pointed it out to me, like,
1: and I interesting. I was like, huh? Oh. Hmm. He's shown more interest in it. I haven't heard anything about that. We haven't didn't hear his name associated with any job this offseason. He normally does a pretty good job of keeping his name out of. The media and, and out of like uh, talking about it,
0: ever talking to the media in general.
1: Yes, not, <laughs> for for you know, Paul, like he, when he does it. Here's the difference between him and Paul Chris. When Paul, Paul Chris does not like talking to the media, right, and, and he's not particularly good at it. Um, He doesn't, and I think that's kind of a there, there's a it's a bit of a it's a shtick. It's not a shtick. It, he's he's more comfortable in smaller situations, smaller gatherings, that type of thing. Jim Leonard is fantastic every time he talks to the media. And gives you great quotes and all that he just doesn't like doing it. There's yeah. a difference between the two, and I obviously would prefer the you know Jim Leonard, who he doesn't like talking to you, but when he does talk to you, he gives you something
0: last thing before we hit break, gut feeling top of your head. who is at their current position longer from today? Greg Gard or Paul Christ oof it Paul feels similar Man, I would does, say I'd,
1: I'd say Paul Christ,
0: yeah. I don't know. It, it all feels like, like a five- to seven-year window.
1: For sure. For sure. I mean, you would think about that. That would be, this is year eight for him? Yeah. Yeah. 13 12, years 12, Yeah, a, Yeah, there's not too many uh, head coaches that are staying in the job that long. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, you just go back and look. Who's the longest-tenure head coach right now in the Big Ten? It's, it's Kirk Ferentz. But go back after him, Pat Fitzgerald, and then it, then it gets down to, like, 2014 2015 like there's not guys that have been there a long long time
0: the difference there could be as we've seen with harbaugh at uh, recently when he almost went to the vikings he does have the move up potential
1: that would have been amazing i
0: i, I kind of am happy he's still in the big 10 because it makes it interesting i know you are michigan would be less interesting without harbaugh there love him or hate him but paul christ it does not feel like there is a uh, a move up there there's just, not yeah it just feels like w- Wisconsin is the destination,
1: and it's also Jim Leonard turning down the Packers. Like it doesn't feel like he's moving up to a defensive coordinator spot in the NFL, and I don't envision him going to another defensive coordinator spot in college. So it's going to be a head coaching job somewhere that that would potentially get him out of Madison. I don't know what how big that job needs to be, and whether it's in the conference or not, because obviously Illinois was in the mix for that job. I just, I there's not a ton of options there. For him if he wants to to stay in a power five conference again I just think he's going to be back when this job opens up
0: yeah it's an interesting discussion I just I can't wait till games are played on the field so we stop these discussions for a bit it's been such a weird crazy offseason with I it feels like it's lasted forever with everything that's come out the realignment NIL Caleb that Caleb Williams thing also happened the portal, everything. We are close to games. We're almost there. 877-867-1670. We have a lot more to get to. We could take your calls on the Packers and their preseason game tonight against San Francisco. When we come back, though, I want to hit this quick. Carson Wentz, quarterback of the now Washington Commanders, had an interesting discussion with a local TV person. The president of Washington weighed in and did not like how it was handled. We'll play it next. I'm Ben Kenny. He's Zach Hyoprin. We are in for Bill Michaels.
1: Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michaels Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. The Bill Michaels Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.